0: Hello and welcome to Saga 50 for 50 on Heritage Bites, produced by Heritage Mississauga. 2024 marks the 50th anniversary since the incorporation of the town of Mississauga, Port Credit and Streetsville to create the city we now know and love. In this special celebration of Mississauga, we invite you to join us as we walk down memory lane with 50 weeks of podcasts recounting incredible moments in this city's rich history. This is Saga 50 for 50.
1: Hello and welcome to Saga 50 for 50. My name is Matthew Wilkinson, historian at Heritage Mississauga. Today, we wanted to explore how Mississauga took its name back in 1968. After all, when it came time to become a new town, we had to find a new name. And the process was not a straightforward one. But I can't do this alone. It is my pleasure to welcome local historian, interpreter, and former president of the Mississauga South Historical Society, Richard Collins. Richard has been working hard at chronicling the story behind how Mississauga took its name.
2: Several years ago, and honestly, I don't have the date, but I I would say it's probably 2013, 2014, somewhere in there. You did a series of articles in the Heritage News publication on how Mississauga got its name. Um, and it ended up being one of the most read sections or read articles in our, our newsletter. It, it was quite commented on at the time and uh, a great rolling story. If, if I'm not mistaken, there were eight parts, which means uh, we published Those three times still. a year. So it was about a, a two and a half year process to get the whole story out. Uh, but uh, the uh, you did some exceptional research into how Mississauga got his name. And I'm wondering before we jump into it, is just how did you go about gathering the material for this investigation on, on Hamasaga's name.
3: Well, I got to thank the library staff, at the Central Library, first and foremost, because it was through uh, Dorothy Q at the time, and Liz McQuaid, uh, got me into the township records that were all in microfiche. Uh, I hadn't used microfiche in a long time since then, but all the township records and just having to go through all of them and trying to, uh, there's no search thing nowadays. If you've got uh, PDFs on the computer, you can search for PDFs. With microfiche, you just have to keep going at it. Uh, but yeah, yeah uh, Dorothy and Liz were a huge help in helping me go through the township records. And uh, that's where a lot of the information had been hidden. It wasn't even known at the time because most people don't bother with council records and things like that. So uh, uh, it was interesting finding that. and a lot of work. And then the newspapers, uh, Full Review and, and the various court credit papers that were around at the time. Uh, it was fun going through those. I said they—they they must have had a, a certain uh, look at the situation and what's going on around them. But of course, Port Credit and Streetsville were independent at the time. So yeah, so the two new—it's interesting. You know, the two newspapers in what is now Mississauga uh, didn't really care much about it because yeah, that was the township beyond the two independent towns. So, but it was big news. So uh, maybe we'll jump ahead just because there was a, you, you made a segue
2: there, and I'm pretty sure it wasn't totally intentional, but uh, we can jump into the, the the whole legend about the the newspaper named the town, and uh, you know the story of Kenneth Armstrong and uh, how the Mississauga News came to be. I you know it, it, it's not true,
3: but it might be. <laughs>
4: well, yeah, it's one of those
3: yes and no. It's uh, I was first uh, heard the story from Scott Dewey's, who I was working with at uh, the Brighton Museum in Bonaire at the time. And he had heard the story, so I'm giving the story third or fourth hand. Uh, and the story was Kenneth Armstrong, who had a, a newspaper in the starting that he was going to call the White Oaks news, because it was just going to be local Clarkson, Warren Hart, uh, the White Oaks area. And, uh, but it was around the same time uh, that he had a property in Clarkson that bordered onto the British American oil property, SunCorneal, now, but it was British American at the time. And he was taught by local residents into saving what is now the Bradley Museum. So a person who had no real interest in history suddenly became knee deep and and wallet deep in in, uh, uh, trying to uh, save the uh, Bradley Museum. And so when he finally got around to naming his newspaper, he had heard about the Mississauga Nation and uh, uh, their history and thought, wow, Mississauga, that's a catchy name. I'm going to name my newspaper that." And so sure enough, when the township was still called, the township of Toronto, uh he chose obviously he didn't want to have Toronto in his name. Uh so yeah, he chose the Mississauga News. So there was a Mississauga News newspaper before there was a town or city of Mississauga. And and the Miss it's it, it first published, uh, forgive
2: me if I'm wrong, but nineteen sixty three I believe was the first publishing. Yeah,
3: yeah I think so, yeah. yeah. So it was a few years, yeah. And the debate had just been started at the time. Uh it was uh Kyle Chapel who was uh, one of the councillors at the time, uh, who suggested, and he wasn't thinking so much about the name, he just felt that it was about time that the township take on either town or city status, easier for raising funds, yep. uh, for improved public transit, and things like that. And so we thought, well, we have to go from being a township to a town or a city. So if we go to a city, obviously we can't keep the name Toronto Township become the city of Toronto. And so he just bandied about names, and I guess he'd heard the name Mississauga, supposedly from Kenneth Armstrong, uh, who was a golfing buddy. And uh, he proposed it at an early council meeting in 1963. So this is three or four years before the city finally changed its name. Uh, but even he said in the council minutes, is what surprised me, is that Mississauga, he said Mississauga or some such other name. So he wasn't really attached to Mississauga, he just suggested we had to have something other than Toronto. Yeah. And that's the name he came up with.
2: And there, there was a story also about uh, our former Reeve, Mary Fix, uh, prepared to fight for the Toronto name. Yes, uh, he loved uh, Toronto. What, 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 was the, what was the headline? They stole our name and we want it back? Is that the... Oh, yes, yes, yes. She was,
3: I. Uh, well, she was a lawyer, to be fair. She was a train lawyer. Born here in Ottawa and uh, had a, uh, tried to make it as a lawyer here in Ottawa. But this is 1920s. When she graduated from Osgood, and people just weren't hiring women at the time. So, long story short, on, on, on Mary McNulty, uh, she ended up becoming a, a, a fashion purchaser for Eaton, met her husband over there, Alphonse Fix, and they found a home in Toronto, in, in, in Toronto Township. <laughs> and uh, yeah, she in 1955, 56, I can't remember now, uh, she ran. Uh, for Reeve, because yeah. Toronto's still a township, so no mayors yet. And yeah, so uh, as a lawyer, she felt, you know, we could fight for the name Toronto. Uh, kind of a complicated story, but to get into it, to get to, uh, uh, to uh, uh, Mary's defense, we were Toronto when Toronto was still called York. And so she decided on the one hand that, well, if we want to change our name, we're the legal owners, of the name Toronto, uh, uh, Sir John Beverly Robinson. He may be the reason why uh, Mary felt that we could hold on to the name Toronto because he was the Attorney General at the time. There were several places called Toronto because it was an Aboriginal word, uh, possibly meaning place. We don't know. It was a catchy name. Uh, Finally, there was a fight between uh, the post office in what is now Mississauga and a post office in what is now Port Hope. And someone had to make a decision as to which one got to keep the name Toronto. And Sir John, being from this area, he picked the Toronto that he knew and it became official because he was the attorney general uh, of of Upper Canada at the time. So as far as Mary is concerned, this is an official document that gave our town the first official use of the name Toronto and then the other Toronto just kind of came back, eighteen thirty-four, and walked away with it, yeah. and who never owned take to it. So, uh, but I think the problem with Mary is that a lot of people, Heil Chapel and others, certainly uh, Agar Adam, uh, uh not Agar Adams, but rather Anthony Adamson, they wanted a new name. They felt that Toronto really wasn't theirs anymore. They wanted something splashy, and so they never really got on Mary's side. I think she realized she was fighting a losing battle, but. I think that's one
2: of the interesting things about our history is sometimes, you know, uh, newer residents might not realize this part of it. And it's a little thing, but it complicates our record search from a history perspective as well Is that between 1834 and 1967, there were two Torontos side by side. Uh, You had the city of Toronto and you had Toronto Township, but quite often the records are simply abbreviated to Toronto. Um, And uh, it can mean there or it can
3: mean here. And that becomes part of the challenge. I know i got frustrated uh even up into when i was doing this research i got rid of my hockey cards about 10 years ago i to collect hockey cards and i'm getting frustrated once i moved to mississauga that you would see uh people at like the stanfield family the stanford hockey players we know they're all born in the dixie area but yeah. their official record probably says toronto township and hockey cards just in toronto and they used to peeve me they were not born in Toronto. They were born in Mississauga. They just happened in to to Toronto Township at the time. So yeah, that confusion. People see Toronto Township and they just assume, oh, of the township? Box. They just mean Toronto. Well, no, they don't. And there was also
2: a 19. I believe it was 1965. The Plunker report. Um, that. Okay. Uh, Plunkett, sorry, my apologies. Um, that uh, came up with the name of the urban municipality of Mississauga, I believe, and this is before Mississauga was really on the table to be a name.
3: Yeah, I came to find out where he got the name, although certainly he was talking to other councillors because one of the, uh, the issues with the Plunkett report is he was trying to make local government smaller by having fewer bigger cities. So a lot of councillors didn't like Plunkett because a lot of them were going to lose their jobs if the Plunkett report approved. But he surely was talking to all these counselors in Toronto and uh, Toronto Township and Trafalgar Township and all that. Yeah, so it's possible in a chat with uh, uh, with Hyle Chapel about the future, Heil may have brought up the name Mississauga, because sure enough it does appear in his report, and I can't find any other way he would have come up with it other than probably chatting with counselors that he knew that had brought it up.
2: But then, uh, you know, come forward to... I don't know if plub site is the right word, but certainly a search for a name. Um, A a committee is formed.
4: um, Well, the first
3: step, even before a committee was formed, is is opening the Pandora's box and letting the public decide. There was a committee that was added later. And one question why do we have a committee uh, formed after? Uh, But this is where the township records came in so useful because in January of 1965, when they finally worked out a lot of the details about how they were going to s- split the, the money with Port Credit and Streetsville if they did not join. Uh, you had to consider all the, uh, your revenue sources. A lot of things to consider when you're incorporating as a town or a city, and the naming kind of was pushed off to the side. Uh, it was important, but it wasn't a immediate issue. And so, in January of 1965, uh, they sent out form letters to everyone that lived in the township. So that didn't include Port Credit and Streetsville. In the township, and say so you've got till the end of the month, which is about 20 25 days, was right after New Year's, uh, to send in suggestions. I guess they didn't realize how many suggestions they got. They had over 4,000 people, and uh, I believe it was 886. I've got
2: 889 here.
3: 889, okay. I know it was uh, <laughs> around 860 or something, and the deadline, which was January 31st, was a Sunday no postal service, so they added two more days, and in that two more days, they added another maybe 30 or 40 new units. <laughs> and so they had uh, this huge, uh, but there really wasn't much to settle on because uh, I can't remember the list right now. I've got the list in front of me. I have the list right now. So number one was Mississauga. Five yeah, six. number one was way over in front of Mississauga. Yeah. And then Cooksville? Yeah, with, with maybe about a quarter 120. of the total votes. Mm-hmm. Hundred twenty, and yeah, Mississauga was five thirteen. Number three was Winston at ninety five. Yeah, Winston, and then Churchill was number nine because Winston Churchill had had died. Yeah, that same month. So he yeah, was, you, had, you had Winston at number three and Churchill at number
2: nine. You also had Peel at number four, Ernile at number five, Dixie at number six. Credit Valley at number seven, Port Credit at number eight, although Port Credit was not allowed.
4: Yeah,
3: they said the same because if Port Credit doesn't join, they're going to keep their name. <laughs> so do not choose Port Credit to Streetsville. And yet, it came in the top ten. We, so we, Port we, Port we didn't follow the directions very well. Uh, well, Plus, Port- a lot of people in the township were still getting uh, their mail sorted in Port Credit. So even though right. they were paying their taxes into the township, their postal address was Port Credit. So it was confusing. They like the name. I like the name. Uh, number 9 was Churchill,
2: number 10 was Kennedy, number 11, Springfield, and number 12, Sheridan at
3: 38 votes. Well, yeah, and that's going to come into play in a minute. <laughs> number 12. <laughs> uh, yeah, so Mississauga was so far out in front, or, or you say, literally, if you add, I think if you add all the other top 10 together, they don't total Mississauga. The public really loved it. Why, I don't know, because uh, it is a long name, it is a name that's easy to misspell, And to be fair, at the time, I don't think the average person who lived in Toronto Township, allow me to say this because I'm talking about the 60s, I don't think it really much much of a damn for the Aboriginal at the time. We certainly do now, thanks to the work of, I'm going to do a plug for Heritage Mississauga and for the Mississauga credit. We're much more aware of the significance of our city name, but we weren't at the time. Some of the other names here
2: that you've got recorded, and some of them we'll, we can talk about because they make me smile, but... Uh, well, some of them are fun. We have uh, Birchwood, Britannia, Clarkson, Crediton, Creditvale, Fairfield, Glenlevin, Graydon, Huron, Huron, Ontario, Jalna, Lakeland. Not sure where that one came from. Yeah, we, some of them are odd. Lakeview, Lakewood, Lorne Park, Malton, Meadowville, Monton. Monton, I
3: can't figure it out. Newport. <laughs> Oop pick,
4: pick.
3: Like, <laughs> oop pick was a little, uh, they were very popular at the time, uh, and, uh, it's, it's the, uh, Inuit word for snowy owl, yeah. and they were little, kind of like pet rocks at the time, they were little toys that had felt beads, and so yeah, oop pick was just a popular Weren't
2: toy. Weren't they associated with Expo 67, too, the little doll? Probably, I guess they yeah. were
3: marketed yeah, as a symbol of Canada at a Canadian exhibition. So, uh, yeah, they were like an oop pick. We had Orchard an oop
2: pick. Park, Peelport, Peelsport. Riverport, yeah. Robindale, not sure of that one, Sherwood, South Peel, Springburn, Summerlee, Westport, White Oaks, and Winwood.
3: Yeah, and those, if there's 32 names, though, those were the ones when council finally did set up a naming committee to go for the 800 odd names, even though one of them was so far out in front that you wonder why they formed the committee in the first place. And that's the 32 names they came up with. Now, keep in mind of all those submissions. Mississauga had 513 submissions, and it's not on that list of 32. So the politicians did not want Mississauga. What was
2: it? The old adage adage under uh, Reeve and then Mayor Bob Speck was, uh, I don't care what they call it as long as it's short and easy to spell. That was the the old line.
4: Yeah.
3: He was also very business-oriented. So I got to give Robert Speck, uh, who, who eventually became the mayor and became the town of Mississauga's only mayor, uh, he was looking for something that meant business. Maybe he figured Mississauga had some history. The two names he liked were Malton, because the airport was there. He yeah. thought, well, when people can do business, why not move close to the airport? Which is smart business, essentially. Yeah. Yeah, robert Roberts got credit there. Although, how many people flying to Malton Airport really think they're landing in Toronto Township when they, they're actually going to what anyone thinks of this Toronto's airport? So, and the other one that he really liked was Sheridan, because the Sheridan Research Center was being built at the time. That was high tech, that was business, big taxpayers, which is what uh Speck was looking for. And so he really favored Sheridan. He liked Sheridan a lot. And even though it was only number 12 in the voting, uh, it was he supported that one all through the council records for about two years. Well, you,
2: you also had at the same time, like, you know, put things in context as well. Sheridan Research Park, yes, put it on the map. A lot of the employees lived in Sheridan Homelands, which was mm-hmm. the largest subdivision being built in Mississauga at that time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in 1965, uh, Sheridan Mall opened up.
4: That's
2: true, uh, yeah. And so, you know, Sheridan was a name that was in circulation more than we think it, about it today. That's true,
4: yeah.
2: um, and then, of course, Malton, for obvious reason, the industrial base that was in Malton, the, uh, the airport, of course, uh, you know, really... In, the, in that era, the future of the township was tied to Moulton. Uh, and that was part of
4: the problem.
3: Yeah. Uh, because uh, Speck and, and obviously Frank McKechnie at the time, because he was the counselor for Moulton, and, uh, they were heavily in favor of Moulton. And it seemed like it was going to be a done deal. Well, we'll go with Moulton. Everyone seemed to kind of agree on that one, even more so than Sheridan. But the problem is that people of Moulton didn't want to be part of Toronto Township for the very reason he meant Avro and all sorts of other industries, Toronto Township was relying on all the industries that were mostly up in Malton, and multiple people were thinking, we should separate from Toronto Township and become our own town. Yeah. And so they formed uh, the, the community, uh, formed a committee, and uh, they, uh, they made an application to the OMB. Uh, the OMB kind of struck it down and said, you really should be negotiating with the township instead of fighting with them. Uh, They got upset about that. They hired a lawyer, lawyer, Johnson, in fact, uh, one of Ontario's most noted lawyers. Uh, And he finally took it back to court and and, uh, uh, managed to get an appeal. And the problem with the the Malt people appealing the decision to break away is that everyone had agreed on Malton and and Sheridan to go on the ballot. Everything was ready to go uh, so that. Township of Toronto could become the town of Malton or Sheridan on January 1st, 1965, but two months before that, the judge said that the townspeople of Malton, their case for uh, separation could be heard, but it would be delayed until sometime in 1965, which now meant the 1965 election was over for incorporation. It delayed, and in two years, Speck was furious with the people of Malton, so now with the name that he formerly liked he now absolutely hated because he realized the Malton people had rebelled against the township. They, they lost their case, obviously, because Malton is still part of Mississauga. So that's good news. We're lucky to still have Malton. Uh, but yeah, they delayed incorporation from 1965 until 1967. And that really affected uh, how Mississauga ultimately got its name.
2: We have here, uh, in, in 1966, um, the council had narrowed it down to five and, uh, uh, Oneida, Malton, Mississauga, Peel, and Sheridan. Um, only, yeah. only Malton was on the original list of 32 names.
3: Yeah. <laughs> and was on the, I, I'm not too sure. Maybe the top 12. Uh, that was actually at the last. This is how crazy it got. So, uh, ignore 1965 now. It's long gone. Yes. This is fighting over again to get ready for the 1967 election. The OMB has said it's ready to go. Uh, Moulton's uh, move for separation was overturned. Everything's all nice and legal, but you still have to have election ballots printed for the municipal election. You have to have names of all the candidates on there, and you have to have the names of the, the, there has to be at least two choices for the people to vote on for the name of the new town. So when you're voting in your 1967 council and you, your first mayor, you're also going to have the chance to select between two names. And it really came down to, you have to have this stuff to the Queen's printer by, I think, October 21st, something like that. And this was the October 16th meeting. They had to make a decision that that council meeting. Otherwise, they would have defaulted from the two years because they wouldn't have had the ballots ready for the election. And so they were forced to bring some names to the ballot. Uh, Sheridan was put forward, because it always been there. Uh, I can't remember the number. I think it was of the eight counselors that were there, Robert Speck was in the hospital at this point after his first heart attack. So the eight counselors that were there, uh, it was overturned by five to three. They didn't want Sheridan. Then Malton came up, it was overturned seven to one. I think Frank McKinney voted for Malton, and no one else did. Uh, Peel they didn't like, uh, but it was unpopular, and then, like, oh yeah, Oneida, which frustrates me because uh, I can explain the Oneida story later, it's an aboriginal, it, it's one of the five nations of the Mohawks, so why would they overturn the name Mississauga only to favor the name Oneida, which is uh, an indigenous nation that has nothing to do with our local history, uh, but a land developer that was building most of the buildings at the Sheridan Research Center was the United Development (laughs) Corporation. So that's how that got in there. And then finally, Mississauga was put on the table at this meeting and it was a 4-4 tie. Hardly a resounding success. (laughs) Yeah, and so the two names that ended up going on the ballot was a 4-4 tie and a 5-3 loser, Malton and Sheridan. And that's how close we came to not getting Mississauga. It only got on there because at the last minute I think at the last minute, people realized, why don't we like the name Mississauga? The public clearly likes it. I think it was Chip Murray, who essentially was going to be mayor because uh, uh, Robert Speck ran unopposed, but he was in the hospital, and Chip Murray was running unopposed as deputy mayor. So of knew he to really be running things. I think he realized the best thing to do is just to heal the wounds by putting Mississauga on the ballot. Clearly, it's popular with the people that's getting on there. And so yeah, that was it. That was a four-four tie in five-three loss. Yeah, yeah. The two names that got on the 1967 ballot to vote for the 1968 council. And you also get it. the impression
2: from you know, reading your work and that you know understanding the timeline that they were tired
3: of it too. They wanted the debate to be over.
4: Yeah, um,
3: and, and so not too long. And they kept putting it to the side. And the newspapers, for the most part, through so most of 1967, seemed to ignore it. I can remember going through months and months and finding nothing about it. But then as the election time came see my cat trying <laughs> you know, to As election time came, uh, it became a heated debate again, especially when council kept delaying on finding what two names are gonna be on the ballot. public needs what two names are gonna be on the ballot. And that's when they opened the floodgates and people said, and yeah, maybe we should just go with Mary and stick with Toronto, like uh, all sorts of crazy names. Uh, yeah, they, they, a lot of people have a problem with Oneida again because clearly, if if you don't want to name the town after the indigenous nation that lived here, why would you pick the name of another indigenous nation? No disrespect to Oneida, but they didn't live in this area. So why pick that name? And while Sheridan was popular, as you mentioned, and people knew it because of the law, because of the uh, research senator and uh, center in the subdivisions. Uh, it probably got its name after uh, a very popular playwright, uh, Richard Sheridan. Uh, he's done some pretty funny stuff. I, I still think his, his comedy holds up pretty good after almost 300 years. Uh, but at the same time, uh, he was also a member of parliament in the UK, and he was fairly vocal about supporting the American Revolution and uh, supporting the French Revolution which kind of irked a lot of people in Britain at the time. And so a committee was formed in Clarkson, uh, just to stop the name Clarkson, or rather stop the name Sheridan, just because they didn't really like the man, they didn't think he was an appropriate name for the town. Although most people when they're going with Sheridan, almost certainly hadn't heard of Richard Sheridan
4: uh, in uh,
3: the first place.
4: Said it was. a uh, uh, two hundred
2: years after his passing. It was a smear campaign. <laughs>
3: yeah, it was pretty nasty. He was he was a debtor, uh, and he he uh, killed someone in a duel, which wasn't true. He wasn't two duels. Uh, but uh, dueling back in his time in the UK really didn't involve shooting someone. You tended to try and, lick them and wound them or something without killing them. Just yeah. To kill them in a duel is still murder. you prison for it. Uh, and so yeah, he wasn't two duels. But he didn't in fact, one duel was with. Uh, uh, the man who arranged to be king's father. Because of the duel over the daughter, uh, he lost the duel, but he still won the daughter's heart. So, And then they find <laughs> a the theater together uh, to show off all of, uh, of his plays. Uh, so he's, I think he's an interesting man, and Sheridan would really be a nice name, although I much prefer the song. So, As did most people that day on Election Day, because I don't forget near the end here, but if you want, obviously we know who won, because yeah. if you're watching, and you're watching Heritage Mississauga, you know we're not called here uh, Heritage Sheridan. Uh, it did go to the polls that day. One of the lowest turnouts in history, surprisingly, for such an important decision, because they weren't just going to elect a new council they could do every year. This was the one to make a new name for their new city. And uh, I forget the numbers, but Mississauga was played with the Yeah, I've, I've got them no here. Um, the final
2: yeah. tally was uh, Sheridan with 4,311 votes.
3: And Mississauga with eleven thousand seven hundred and ninety-six yeah. votes. It so wasn't almost four times as much. And that totals fifteen thousand people out of I think at the time I calculated based on the population that uh fifty six thousand people had the right to vote. They were over eighteen. So fifty six thousand people, only fifteen thousand voted. Yeah. Almost forty thousand didn't vote Yeah, They and didn't like the little, name like choices. Mm mm-hmm. Maybe they didn't like the name choices. <laughs> yeah, me, uh, who knows? Uh, I, I got thinking about it. Maybe this frustration just had j- jaded the public so much. By the time of election they came, they didn't well, you know, for for those of us
2: who've, you know, lived here and, and spent a lot of time here and grown to love this place, and you can't think of it anything else other than Mississauga. It means this place. It's the story of this place, and its name yeah. is tied to history, and, uh, you know, the fact that our residents chosen is, is something to be proud of, I that's think. What, yeah, um, and it's such a unique
3: name because there are lots of uh, Indigenous names in Toronto, Niagara, you can line them off. Uh, there's so many that have a uh, Winnipeg, uh, but as far as I can tell, Mississauga is the only city that's actually named after an Aboriginal nation rather than uh, like an Indigenous word like right. Toronto or Niagara, but we are unique. I think in being the only city that bears the name of a specific First Nation,
2: and, and we should touch on again, so we were speaking of the, the indigenous mississaugas as well and the uh after the name was chosen um they had the 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 next task of actually getting permission to use it um yeah. and uh they, they had a name on a vote- on a ballot that people voted for, but they had not yet approached um the mississaugas of the credit first Nation uh for use of the name um and that that took place just before christmas of nineteen sixty seven uh, where they they were gained a, approval of the name.
4: Uh,
3: yeah, that was definitely something Chick Murray did again because he was just so anxious to get incorporation going. But he was the one that was, he was a lawyer too, so he was the one that was looking for as many, uh, to close up as many loopholes as possible. And so I think he realized, yeah, well, yeah, the, the Mississaugas do uh, the credit for First Nation to challenge this, so let's get their permission. So that's one less thing that can bite us in the butt after.
2: Uh, and it's something to be proud of, too. And you think of our newspaper. I mean, the Mississauga, uh, you know, it, from a newspaper is, uh, I'll do the math in my head, but five years older than the than the town slash city itself. Of yeah. course, the, ta- the town of Mississauga comes to be in 1968, but the towns of Port Credit and Streetsville are still independent.
4: Uh, yes. The three
2: towns, this. can't keep going as three towns, and they finally joined together in uh, 1974 to become the city of Mississauga. Um, and so, you know, our, our, I always tell the story that Mississauga, uh, as we know it, is not a village that became a town that became a city. It's a bunch of villages and towns that were once independent of each other that got lumped together to create the city. Um, yeah, yeah was it was a location.
3: huge township. It was by far, like, township is what you have when you've got a few hundred people dispersed over a huge area, which is one reason why they went from corporation as a city, because we can't function as a township anymore. Uh, 86,000 was the population uh, when the average township in Canada at the time ranged between 200 to 500 and we were 86,500. So we were way behind in getting ourselves incorporated, which uh, Mary Fix was, was, uh, got the ball rolling on, on uh, putting an end to, to township status. But she didn't want to apply for legal township status until we got some industries into town and started making ourselves financially self-reliant. And so we could have gone for township status as early as the fifties when Mary was around, but she was smart enough to say no let's get our let's get our treasury it's, uh, it's under control before we actually applied for town status mm-hmm. so I think she needs to be given her fair recognition, even though she was well out of politics by the time uh, town status was granted
2: yeah the the, the road towards it started much earlier, and and yeah. you have. Uh, exactly. yeah. I'm reminded under Mary Fix was the um, the the uh, essentially the promotional video called Cinderella Township, um, that was. Which is a great created. video, yes. Yeah, so yeah, if you look up Cinderella Township on YouTube, you can find uh, the the. It's wonderfully ra-
3: corny. It's 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 1960s and boy. It looks like a 1960s. Production, but this is this is, is the,
2: this is setting the stage for. That growth period that would ultimately lead to
3: amalgamation. Um mm-hmm. and,
4: yeah, it just and found also
3: fascinating to look fighting. back in her time. There's fighting uh, there as well because while Mary Fix clearly wanted growth because she's the really one initiated it, she liked the idea of controlled growth. And so did Heil Chapel. Uh, they wanted to see the, the books balanced, but they didn't want to see Mrs. overrun. But then you had Bob Speck on the other side who just wanted growth, 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 and I can get it. He wants to why not bounce the books as fast as possible and get ourselves financially strong. But of course, you run the risk of being completely overrun. And I think in some ways, if we can be fair and maybe have some criticism of our city, it has been a little bit overrun by a lot of urban development, would mean all too quickly. And that was largely a result of of not controlling that growth the way Mary and Heil would have preferred. But it happened.
2: Yeah, and, and, you know, our legacy of that is, you know, we come back to it, is our residents chose the name, uh, regardless of how they ended up there, uh, yeah, and the it was a group it was a that the council took at the time, they still wound up at kind of basically where they started. Uh,
4: yeah. And yeah,
3: not only did we we choose it, we had to fight for it, because the public loved it, clearly, wait right from that, wait right from 1965, when the the submission uh, forms went out, asking people to offer their suggestions. It was so far, front. we had to fight the politicians who didn't want it. Uh, even when it finally came in, and we were legally the town of of Mississauga, then Paul chick Murray found himself in a fight with Canada Post because Canada Post says, "Well, we don't have any postal sorting stations called Mississauga. We get it that you've legally adopted that name in a democratic election." but the people that live there, if they're getting their mail sorted in Port Credit, even though they might live, say, in the Mineola or Lakeview, they might live in what is now the town of Mississauga, but their mail's still being sorted in Port Credit, or if they live up in the north end in Meadowvale and places like that where the mail's being sorted in Brampton, uh, post office is saying, well, they still have to write Brampton on their letters because that's where the postal sorting station is. And Chip Murray kind of got his, his Feathers ruffled, even though we didn't really the them in the system at first, as I mentioned. Now hearing was fighting for it because it was the legally, the uh, democratically elected name. Even though we think of M-I-S-S-I-S-S-E-U-G-A, we take it for granted now, even that was up in the air as to how we were going to spell the name. Because as I was doing my research, I realized at one point, I, I think, I hope I quoted Jim in one article uh, because I had no idea how many different, and they're all legal because they're all on treaties. Yep. And I, I think you counted 14 or 15. Yeah, it was... And they, they're all referring to the Mississauga Nation yes. of Indians, is what they were called in most of them. But the spellings were all over the place.
2: We took our spelling, uh, presumably the decision was made, uh, in reference to how the Mississauga First Nation spelled their name at that time. Um, yeah, which
3: makes sense. That should have been... Whether, whether we actually formally consulted the obvious source or not, I don't yeah. know. But yeah, that would have been the obvious solution. Why don't we actually go down to the... To be a, a credit reserve and actually ask the people who live there how you spell the name, and so, that's how we got
2: MIS as I always kind of credited maybe Kenneth Armstrong with this. Maybe his newspaper didn't name the town, but maybe they chose the spelling of the name.
3: I see, that's to be considered too. Yeah, because that's how we spelled the newspaper name. So I never thought of that. So yeah, that would be most familiar to people at the time. Anyway, but yeah, it's difficult to pronounce. I think there's still a famous tweet from Bonnie uh, uh, Crombie. What was the situation? I guess uh, Prime Minister Trudeau was down at the White House uh, for uh, some kind of an official state meeting. And uh, the President Obama at the time talked about his stepdaughter, stepsister, uh, getting married to a gentleman from Burlington, but the wedding was in Toronto. And you can find it on YouTube. Just go Barack Obama Mississauga and type in, you will see him at the state dinner at the White House in front of all sorts of Canadians, including the Prime Minister, and he literally braces himself against the lectern. And three times, he wonderfully, because I'm a big fan of Obama, uh, he diplomatically butchered the name of our city at least three times. I remember uh, that. And yeah, and, and, and Mayor Crombie was uh, fast on Twitter to, to thank him for the shout But yeah, I mean, if you realize even um, the leaders of the free world are going to have a different. I pronounce my name uh, I think maybe we should have thought about another
2: name <laughs> i I think it's a treasured name for us i I'm, I'm honored that we chose the name and its history there I'm honored that we're connected to an indigenous people that are still very much from vibrant in our community and yeah. and abroad across the province and I think our name is is, is has so many rich layers to it and, and it's you know something that defines us
1: Thank you for joining us for this episode of Saga 50 for 50 and thank you to Richard Collins for sharing his knowledge and passion for the story behind how Mississauga took its name. As we begin to explore connections to the city of Mississauga's 50th anniversary, it is also important to chronicle how we came to be and to reflect on how we came to be called Mississauga in the first place.
0: We hope you enjoyed this week's installment of Saga 50 for 50. Help us keep celebrating the 50th anniversary of the city of Mississauga by following Heritage Bites wherever you get your podcasts. Also, be sure to check out Heritage Mississauga on all our social media platforms and follow hashtag Saga 50 for 50 to stay up to date on all of Mississauga's 50th anniversary celebrations. This is Heritage Mississauga signing off. Until next time.